Hi, my name is Michael Poli, and I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer. My friends are obsessed and always make jokes and references to it. And so now, 20 years later, I've been convinced to watch the show from beginning to end, one episode a week. I'm a Buffy virgin. Well, hello, and welcome to another episode of Buffy Virgin. My name is Michael Poli. I'm the virgin. I've never seen Buffy the Vampire Slayer except up to season three, episode five, Homecoming. And on the show today, we have Dennis A. John, a horror comics cartoonist. Happy to be here, guys. John, a teacher and Buffy enthusiast. Hello. And special guest, David Yoder, a comic book writer, artist, uh, and enthusiast. Uh, I'm definitely an enthusiast, yes. <laughs> Thank you for having me on. Awesome. David, David Yoder, king of the cartoon school. So, Thanks, uh, <laughs> David and Dennis, they, you guys started a new podcast, and we should talk about that for a second before we get into this podcast. We should tell people about sure. other podcasts. Yeah, it's called uh, Two Dummies and a Dumb Movie. Uh, Yoder is dummy number one. I'm dummy number two. Um, the and we... Is, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, the setup is that uh, we watch uh, a movie together over Netflix and uh, comment during it. Um, so you could watch that episode while listening to our podcast, uh, but we're not. We've ne- the rule is it has to be a bad looking movie and it has to be a movie neither of us has seen before. So we don't. Um, it's not riff tracks. It's not MSC3K, and we mostly don't pay attention to the movie because we're talking and we get really lost. And so like. In the first episode, um, there are relationships we don't understand. Like, there are girls with older guys who we cannot figure out because we're not paying enough attention if, they're, if, it's, if it's a father-daughter relationship or a romantic one. Um, but, but the thing you're missing about that movie is it's called Cowboys vs. Dinosaurs, and there's uh, dinosaurs in it. And also, quote unquote, cowboys. Yeah. Can I say um, that uh, watching or listening to the the podcast, and also not having seen uh, Cowboys versus Dinosaurs, it's kind of fun to construct in my head like the insane movie that you guys just from what you <laughs> how you're describing it is like. Oh, he's making out with her daughter, and the colors of your bikinis tell all about the characters, and uh, <laughs> the dinosaurs are eating rocks or something. It, it was it was yeah, it was fun to imagine like a really crazy movie based on your kind of half watching it. Yeah, our misunderstanding what's going on. <laughs> Dinosaurs appear to eat methane. That's what I understood. I don't. They blow up so easy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so the first episode um, yeah, is dinosaurs talking... and aliens. No, cowboys versus dinosaurs. Cowboys versus dinosaurs. Yeah. Okay. It's uh, probably a movie that came out pretty close to to cowboys versus aliens. Uh, yeah. Oh, right. Which is a different bad. thing. I'm that it wants me to confuse it with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we've got. Uh, an embarrassing amount of episodes already recorded and we keep <laughs> making them. Uh, so I'll be releasing them here pretty regularly until we get caught up to where we are. Um, but yeah, you'll have that to look forward to. Um, and me saying lots of inappropriate things about the female characters in the movies happens a lot while I'm drinking and watching for some reason. But, uh, but Dennis tries to keep me on track. <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's really fun. I'll look forward to listening to that while I'm on the treadmill sometime. It sounds great. Uh, so uh, this episode is uh, Homecoming. And, uh, you know, the way we normally do these episodes, we're going to start with a summary. Then we'll have great lines, weird noticings, trivia, questions, 
themes, deep stuff, predictions, kill count recommendations, just everything that we always do. All right, so we'll get started with a summary to get people up to speed with Season 3, Episode 5, Homecoming. Buffy runs from reality. Angel's non-hell existence actuality. Buffy and Cordelia run for homecoming queen. Slayer hunters want to intervene. Tracking devices on corsages. German assassins want to make collages. Xander and Willow make out. Buffy and Cordelia make up. There's a fishman, cowboy, vampire, and two German brothers. It's crazy like when lost, introduce the others. Trick and the mayor become best friends. My disbelief, it must suspend. Every episode has loose ends. I've forgotten so many 90s trends. But I see what I see, they call me Michael Poli. I see what I see, they call me Michael Poli. My virginity prevents me from understanding the totality. <laughs> wow. Oh, you put that part in? Oh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's get into great lines. So I have a couple of my favorite lines from this episode. I'm going to do my best impressions here to get started here. Uh, my favorite line here uh, is from Buffy. I'm not talking about the Slayer. I'm talking about Buffy. You've awakened the prom queen within, Cordy, and that crown's going to be mine. Prom queen within is really a funny idea. I love that one. And then uh, this Giles line just killed me. When he, uh, they're at the bronze, he's like, we got to find Buffy. Something terrible has happened. Just kidding. Thought I'd give you a scare. Are those <laughs> finger sandwiches? So funny. Giles is so not essential to this episode. Uh, it's <laughs> Yeah. It's nice to take a, you know, take an episode to just be the joke character. Uh, I have uh, the next couple. I have, um, this is uh, from Cordelia. From the same conversation as the, the prom queen within just because you were guacamole queen when you were three doesn't mean you understand how this works. So <laughs> according to uh, the uh, Buffy wiki, that it line is a reference to a Frank Zappa song. So apparently Cordelia Whoa. has listened to wow. a lot of Frank Zappa. Yeah. I would not have picked her as a Zappa head. Yeah, me neither. Uh, mm. Guacamole queen is a Frank Zappa joke? Apparently it's a reference to a Frank Zappa song. I don't really know Frank Zappa, but uh, that's what the, the internet tells me. Endless monologue of Frank Zappa songs. Yep. Well, I could see her being a fan of Valley Girl, like that song. Right? <laughs> yeah, right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was her gateway into Frank Zappa. <laughs> oh, she probably has dated a lot of musicians, and they're like, you gotta listen to Zappa. And it's just like shit that runs through her head all the time now, right? Uh, I also have, um, this is from Oz. As Willow goes, so goes my nation. Okay, I looked up this reference as well. Apparently... <laughs> uh, the, the 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 reference here is as uh, Maine goes, so goes the nation, which was a reference to the uh, apparently for a long time Maine was a bellwether state in presidential elections. So whatever president uh, Maine voted for was going to win the general. Uh, so apparently Willow is the state of Maine. Uh, uh, but th- that changes, right? So the president that yeah, it's not, it's goes, not Maine anymore. Yeah, which is why no one says one. got it. Which is why no one says that anymore. <laughs> That's yeah. why everyone just knows it as so blank goes, so goes the nation. <laughs> All right. And here's my third one. And then, John, you can tell me what this is referencing. <laughs> uh, we got to get to the library where Giles and the rest of the weapons live. That's a great line. <laughs> right. I have nothing, nothing for that one. I have nothing for that one. Sorry. All right. 
I mean, there's this potential for references is so huge in Buffy. I would not be surprised if there's something there as well. So we'll get started with weird noticings and trivia uh, for this episode. So uh, I guess uh, starting out here, um, Buffy visits Angel and it looks like she's feeding him. Is that granola that she's giving him? <laughs> uh, it's definitely a container of blood. It's butcher blood. It's butcher uh, blood. Okay. It, I like it just, that it looks like granola to you. Um, uh, I was going to say something about, I liked how like he slowly is moving up to it. And he's like, oh, he's so intense moving up to it, about to take his bite drink of it. And then like right before he does, Buffy starts talking. It's like, I don't know, just the pacing and the uh, the way it's structured is really funny to me. Uh, no, I definitely didn't notice that. I was fixated on the, is that granola? It's clearly blood. Uh, okay. Uh, maybe it's uh, bloody granola. Bloody good granola. And then, uh, obviously, I was really upset. Buffy, please tell your friends that Angel is back and don't tell them that you're a secret and you're going to keep the secret. I was really frustrated that that was even spoken out loud so clearly that this is going to be a secret. Uh, because it tanks your prediction. Sorry, <laughs> uh, no, it totally tanks my prediction. <laughs> I was pretty sure that this uh, wouldn't last, that uh, this stuff would get revealed. Uh, but apparently, no. Apparently, uh, we're going to hold on to the idea of Angel uh, like being hidden by Buffy for a few more episodes. But the secret can't last long. John, you have the next uh, prediction here. Yeah, or the next noticing. Um, I think, noticing, uh, yeah. so in, this, in, that, in that scene, uh, Buffy comes in, she starts telling him about, it, about her life and, you know, Giles. And, and Angel has a moment where he's like, Giles? Like, he can barely remember who Giles <laughs> is because he's been tortured for centuries, which is, you know, fair, right? He's like, oh yeah, Giles, that guy centuries of torture ago. And that's the only word Angel says in the entire scene. As far as I can, as far as I remember, he only says Giles. And then Buffy <laughs> goes on to talking about her life for like 15 minutes. It's not clear at all to me that Angel is comprehending any of the conversation whatsoever. I mean, he kind of notices when Buffy says that she's dating somebody, well, like he kind of reacts. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. He reacts to that, and Buffy jumps back so much, it's like Buffy's actually a little afraid of him, right? Yeah, but I, I, I like a version of this where it's sort of like, it's like um, it's like Charlton Heston in like Planet of the Apes. Dog. Yeah, well, like, yeah, Charlton Heston's got his girlfriend in Planet of the Apes who's like a mute idiot, and he just sort of like talks at her the whole movie. I feel like that's Buffy's relationship with Angel at this point, where she's just like, let me tell you all about my life and feed you blood, and uh, you can just be my pretty... Uh, shirtless blood boyfriend in a cave everybody needs a shirtless blood boyfriend in a cage cave i want to defend that nova nova from planet of the apes is not an idiot though i would like to defend that she just can't talk but she's not like super okay. stupid sorry in, uh, in the i don't novel, think she's on charlton heston's intellectual level <laughs> in the novel true. dennis but in the novel, um, they have a kid who learns how to talk, and she never learns how to talk, but she seems to comprehend conversations. And stuff. Oh, that's interesting. But they fly back. In the novel, they fly back to Earth, uh, hoping to find Earth, but it's another ape planet, and they just, it just turns out that, um, that the nature of all civilization is for humanity to get lazy enough for apes to overtake them. Um, <laughs> It's not like a devastating like uh, destruction that happens. It's just that like humans are lazy and apes ape. Um, 
I like so that. that. Was like the I, point like, of the French novel. I like that a lot. So there's Thanks, a, Dennis. There's an interesting piece of technology here that I hope, John, you took a good look at. Um, I didn't. It was a. It looked like a cell phone sitting on top of a receiver of some kind, and I, I've got a screenshot. So let me see if I can. Oh share yeah, bring this it up, you guys. Bring it up. Unless I deleted it for some terrible yeah. reason, I don't know why I would do I, that. It looked like, they, and then the sound was dial-up. So they were using a cell phone for dial-up internet. Right? Yeah, that, I don't know if that was ever a thing. Yeah, and they were getting uh, amazing quality in- video. <laughs> okay, I've got the screenshot yeah. open here. So I'll share also, my like screen. this, this German. These German guys have like a uh, creeper van that they're parking on school property and are using cameras to film high school students. Like even if they're not trying to kill a high schooler, they're creepers and should have just been arrested. Yeah, if it was a different principal at that school. But <laughs> yeah. Okay, you can see this screenshot here. And what I'm talking okay. about, oh, I guess I'm a little bit late. Okay, there's like this cell phone yeah, there was... s- sitting on top of a receiver. Okay. And then somehow it's connected to this mouse and keyboard. This appears to be not very useful here. <laughs> yeah, but they're somehow able to get video feed through it, right? Yeah, like amazing high quality video feed from uh, another camera that they're transmitting through a cell phone to this like evil lair that has a rad like statue in the background. I mean, anyway. wasn't uh, Mr. Trick oh, just like a couple episodes ago bragging about how he got like a T1 line uh, mm-hmm. at the lair and like uh, this guy is not even using it. He's using his he's using his data plan to like. Uh, <laughs> this show is taking advantage of how uh, like little people know about technology. Uh, it's like cool. I called up the video, yeah. and now the video is playing through the other <laughs> thing. Okay, it makes sense now. Yeah, you just call up any video you want, and then it appears. Uh, Dave, you had the next thing here. Um, Elaine's boss, Mister Pitt, is the techno baddie. Or yeah, the the guy using the the phone computer thing. Uh, have you guys watched Seinfeld? Yeah, but he, I didn't he recognize the character. You remember uh, he was obsessed with having a pen. The pen broke, and then he ended up making a Hitler mustache. Uh, he was also the one that like got carried away in the Macy's Day Parade, like because he wanted to be in the Macy's Day Parade. He was the boss after J.P. Peterman or what? What Peterman? Whatever his name was with the catalogs. before Peterman. Oh, was it before Peterman? All right. <laughs> anyway, that's the only thing I know that guy from. And it's just interesting for me to see him like be like try to be like serious villain guy when like I'm just used to him being so silly. Yeah, he does play it surprisingly yeah. serious considering so how, last week we had Hooch from Scrubs. Considering how silly the mayor plays it, this guy plays it pretty serious. So yeah, the mayor uh I was shocked to finally meet this mayor, but also he doesn't care about terrorists. Like his his assistants, like, oh, there's these you know German terrorists that are somehow in town, and he's like, oh, please, your hands, they're filthy. <laughs> just just a weird, such a yeah. weird character introduction. And then uh, I think everybody has made a comment here, uh, or Dennis, you have a comment here about it about the mayo. Oh yeah, because he's gross, he's grossed out by dirt under the fingernails. But then he also says like mayonnaise under the fingernails, and I was like, oh, that's <laughs> like I'm as grossed out by the as this by the as the mayor is the idea that he has mayonnaise under his fingernails. Uh, but yeah, we finally get to see the mayor, Major Major uh, Mayor R- Richard Wilkins the Third, right? Uh, sounds right. But yeah, we met so many characters in this episode. For me, this was like a 
too too many characters. Like this is a late game Buffy thing. This should not be the first episode of Buffy you see because it would totally give you a completely artificial version of the show where yeah, there's this constant yeah. parade of weirdos. That's true, but I don't think it like um, I don't think it like clogs the episode up any with the amount of characters in it. Like partially because they're all they're not all interacting with each other. Like they're all kind of in their own separate segments. We got the mayor and his segment. We got like. Slayer Fest in their segment and the regular kids in theirs, you know, and the one little visit from Angel. Yeah, they have clear motivations except for Angel uh, in this episode. Uh, Angel is still trying to figure out how to get fully dressed. I think that's <laughs> what he's doing. Because Giles? <laughs> I think they come to, next time they come to Angel, he's wearing a shirt, but it's ass pants. He's like, hey, I'm almost done. <laughs> He's got a shoe on his head like a hat or something. <laughs> Hell was pretty rough, huh, Ainge? Yeah. <laughs> he was like, what are these clothes you speak of? Uh, yeah, to imagine being tortured so much you can't remember what clothes are. Uh, yeah, David Yoder, you have the next thing here about Willow. Photo Day Willow uh, is well, super I, I- adorable. Yeah, I really like the montage of them all getting their photos taken. But Willow's is super cute because she does this really great smile. And then it's like the photographer like waits too long. And then she's like, Did you? and then like, of course, when she's making the most confused face, that's when like he snaps the picture. And so. Isn't that also part of the Freaks and Geeks opening? Yes, it is. Yeah. Good call, Dennis. Who does that? It's uh... Apatow. Sam Weir, right? Who does that? Yeah. Oh, I oh, think the, the confused face is probably... Um, uh, Martin Starr's character, because he's always a weirdo. No, Martin Starr is the big, like, huge grin, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this has been a while, while I know Freaks and Geeks. Wow. You've, you've memorized the opening to Freaks and Geeks, Dennis. Well done. Yeah, I've, I've watched Freaks and Geeks enough that at this point I don't, like, I try not to watch it because that show makes me feel a lot of feelings, and the feelings are starting to, like, wear out because I've played that record too many times. So i got to, like, let it sit for a while. That's uh, a good. That's a good metaphor. So I say, Faith asked. Thanks. I said, Faith asked Buffy to the dance. You cannot deny that that happened. Yeah, I also noticed that, and also like having thought about it, I think I'm. I think I'm with you on on team. Faith is flirting with Buffy all the time. I think. I think I've been called over to the other side on this one. Yeah. It definitely feels yeah. like that in the training montage. Nice. It is interesting, We're, like, um, in this episode, like, Faith is the only one who cares who cares about, like, Buffy and Scott breaking up. Like, nobody yeah. else gives a shit or even mentions it. But Faith is, like, on her side, you know? Yeah, really on her side. I was, yeah, I'll talk about that later. That's an interesting point, yeah, because Scott, you know, you think it's going to be a big deal. There's the, He asks her to you know, homecoming in this really awkward way at the start of the up. And then, uh, yeah, you're right. Like, eh, he's gone. No one cared. I didn't realize that. Yeah. No one, I, I didn't pay attention to Scott moving on either. I think it's convenient. So he yeah. doesn't get murdered, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good for him getting out while the gun's good. Yeah. I think if you can date Buffy for three episodes or whatever and not get murdered, you've done a great job. I'm really impressed Scott, but he's got the record for dating Buffy for the most episodes, I think without, um, turning into Angelus. So the next thing here, uh, I don't blame Cordelia for telling Buffy about the yearbook photos or like not telling her. 
I don't feel like that should be her responsibility. I don't know whose friend it is the responsibility to tell people that the yearbook photos are coming up, but it's not, it's not your friend. That's like your mom. <laughs> it's a Joyce fail, not a Cordelia fail. Well, they, they figured yeah. out, no, it was, it was, they figured out that like Buffy missed the announcement because she was not in school at that time. And then they're like, they specifically task Cordelia with that job. And she Cord- says, Cordelia actually volunteers. Right. Cause she's going that way anyway for a nice pack. Um, well, I hope I'm not stepping on someone else's point, uh, but I think it's interesting that when the photos are going on, that's when Buffy's talking to the teacher that she's trying to like get the credit for or whatever. And it's like, this is the only time. Playing Isn't around that with that getting sweaty with faith, as Xander says. Maybe I miss remembering the order. Uh, Dennis, you said there's an Invisible Girl reference. I missed that. Yeah, during the... Um, when uh, Buffy's bummed about uh, her teacher not remembering her. So she's like, am I invisible? Can you guys see me? Like, <laughs> nobody's paid enough attention to her. That's what No, it's, cool. yeah, no, that's totally a callback. It's totally a callback, but it's subtle. Like, if you hadn't yeah. seen the episode, you wouldn't necessarily, it would be fine if you hadn't seen the episode, but having seen it, it's a nice callback. Yeah, oh, I, yeah I guess I saw it didn't, didn't seem like a callback to me. Just seemed like Buffy feeling kind of super like sorry normal, for herself. Normal part of the conversation. Yeah. Uh, John, you got the next thing here. Uh, yeah, just that Buffy talks about like she did, like talking about when she was uh, at her old high school. Um, she was the prom princess and the fiesta queen, I believe. Uh, so apparently, she was the prom princess as a freshman, which I just think is an impressive feat because she was like probably fourteen at that time, and she beat out a bunch of like seventeen, eighteen-year-old girls. For that accolade, it just do you seems. Think, do you think that she's prom princess though, and not there was a prom queen who was a senior? Oh, maybe that's a special thing. Princess. Okay, sure. Maybe they have like a special like runner-up prize for freshmen or something. I could see but that. I don't know at all how fiesta queen works. Uh, yeah, and if, if that's compat- compatible with guacamole princess, <laughs> oh. <laughs> just trying to diminish her victory. All right, she beat out everybody. We know it. Yeah, that's the real Buffy. Uh, John, you got the next couple here. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess so. Um, so, well, somebody wanted to talk about Trick's team. There's no name on that one. Who was that? Nope. I, I, I noticed that that was straight. I didn't put this in the doc, but I noticed that that was straight out of Empire Strikes Back, like where Darth Vader's like going through all the uh, the henchmen, all of the uh, bounty hunters. Like, yeah. And no, no disintegrations. Like I really felt, I got a that vibe was 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 up there. But I did yeah, want to know. I like the I want to know why Willow knows how to buy a, tie a bow tie. That's, that's my more, question. That's more important. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's get to that. Why does Willow know how to tie a bow tie? I'm a grown man. I can tie a bow tie. I'm wearing a bow tie right now. But I didn't learn how to do that until I was in my 30s. Why does Willow, a girl in her teens, know how to tie a bow tie? That's my question. We don't know much about Willow's home life. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this sounds, of course, like an amazing subject for some fan fiction, John. And the title is, Why Does Willow Know How to Tie a Bow Tie? And, uh, of course, you know, we find out how she learned to tie a bow tie. It's like her nerdy first crush. That's probably not Xander or Oz. Oh. It was their yeah. friend that got killed in the first episode. What was his name? Uh, Jesse. Jesse. Jesse was definitely not a bow tie wearer. Jesse never wore a bow tie. And also, Willow never had a crush on Jesse. Because you. 
<laughs> I mean, also Xander, but maybe it was, of, jo- was it Jonathan? Or, I don't think Willow ever, ever had a crush on, on Jonathan. Although that would make great fan fiction that like in Jonathan in like third grade though, maybe Jonathan was super cool and like things started to go wrong around puberty. Like, uh, yeah. What if Jonathan was like tall in his class at the beginning? Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Oh wow. yeah, exactly. And uh, Willow had a, all the girls, including Willow had a big crush on him and they, they did his bow tie for the bow tie event in third grade. That's a weird skill. I mean, men barely learn how to tie ties, right? I mean, there's a yeah. reason probably like every how to tie a tie website, like every video has like over 10 million views. It's like a, it's a problematic skill. Uh, and then John, you've got, you've got another Sorry. weird one. I don't know what this means. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, just um, uh, Xander brings up the base metaphor of sex, which is he, he talks right. to, he asks Willow if they're at, She's at first base, second base, or E-Gods. And I just wanted to know what you guys think first base, second base, and E-Gods are. This seems odd because last episode he found out that she's seen the half Monty. So yeah. he should know a little bit about where they are. That's uh, a good point. But obviously first and second are the normal first and second. And what, no, no, which are what? I, what are, wait, what are first and second? What are first and second? Because I don't know. <laughs> I swear to God, I have no idea. Second is second Se- is groping. Usually, third is fingering. Um, so I'm gonna guess that Egods is that Sander is freaked out by genitalia and is like Egods. Or she had uh, sex with Odds in his werewolf form or something. That's that would be Egods. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it would be Egods. Well, that, that'd be an amazing story. Oh, <laughs> do you think he has like a, I hate to, oh, this, I'm going to take this podcast a bad place, but do you think that he has like a dog, like lipstick penis when he's in wolf form? Yeah, definitely. Because uh, we've seen him naked and you don't see a, pe- a, a penis dangling down there. So it must be sheathed. Uh, so it must unsheathe. Ugh. E-gods. It's a red rocket. E-gods, E-gods indeed. Uh, I, I'm going to keep this podcast moving along. <laughs> I mean, you know, no comment, right? Like, yeah, probably. Uh, so then, uh, Davey Oder, you've got the next here about Xander and Willow shouldn't be getting dressed together. Yeah, that seems pretty obvious. Uh, and I guess then the next connection I was making is are, are Oz and Cordelia doing the same thing in another room where they're helping each other get dressed for the dance? Um, like, why isn't it Cordelia and Willow and and Oz and Xander. And then we could have Oz and Xander kiss instead. I think this speaks really well to the Oz or to, to the Xander Willow relationship. Um, that uh they are like, you know, super platonic sweet friends up to this point, and that that's just normal for them. Yeah, they so just that's just yeah, they're just bros up to this point. But uh, I feel I believe it's in Never Kill a Boy on the First Date that uh but that Xander is in the room while Buffy changes for her date, right? Like, right. These people <laughs> have like totally forgotten that Xander is a horn dog somehow, and they keep setting themselves into these terrible situations with him. <laughs> Not to victim blame. I, that might have sounded like victim blaming. Uh, it's more of like people just forget Xander's in the room. Um, people yeah. are way too comfortable around him. Yes, agree. Yeah, he's totally assimilated himself. Just one of the girls. 
Maybe that was like his long-term plan all along, I guess. I mean, he has a lot of long-term plans that may or may not pay off, I'm sure. Yeah, like, some of them involve helicopters and steak. Uh. <laughs> uh, so uh, I love uh, Buffy's homecoming strategy whiteboard. You get to see for a second, and I it looks like John copied it out, which is amazing. Yes, thank you, John. Let's go yeah. into that. Yeah, okay. So I'll share the screen on this one. It's pretty great. Shall, shall I read it for the podcast listeners so they don't have to imagine? Uh, sure. Yeah. Yeah, but okay, I'll go, th- YouTube, I'll go through this, this fairly quickly. Um, Cordelia's strengths are that she's popular with boys, makes friends easily, has money to buy, uh, not uh, unclear, couldn't tell. Um, she has expensive clothes and she has Six perfect teeth. Time. Her weaknesses are that she's manipulative, two-faced, bad at sports, superficial, no sense of humor, a fake smile, <laughs> Bree, and Xander. Uh, Michelle's strengths. Who's Bree? Michelle's strengths are that she's a popular cheerleader. She's athletic. She's the yearbook editor. She's friendly. She's a good cook. She's nice. Her weaknesses are that she has bad skin. Wears polyester. She's PB crazed. She's got dandruff. She wears too much makeup and she never studies. Holly's strengths are her debate skills. Um, she's got straight. She gets straight A's. She's on the drill team. She's good in sports. She always studies. Her weaknesses are that she has few friends and she's a new student. Uh-huh. Uh, so the, the standout ones to talk about here are, first of all, that Cordelia's, one of Cordelia's weaknesses is Xander. And Xander is in the room. Trying, like, Buffy's <laughs> trying to, like... the strategy Yeah, team. Buffy's trying to, like, strategize with him. <laughs> She's got him up there as a weakness. I mean, Xander is a weakness, let's be clear. Like, I think that's, on yeah. multiple levels, is accurate, but, like... Although, if that's a weakness for Cordelia, that has to be a weakness for Buffy. I don't know, though, because people. I think... Like dating Xander undermines Cordelia's character, like undermines her popular girl yeah. persona in a way. So I think that might be partly what is meant there. I uh, the to talk more about Cordelia's weakness being Brie. That's uh, a callback. That's a callback to the call Hootenanny. <laughs> Why is Brie a weakness? Because she doesn't like Brie. Like we can, we we can like we because she doesn't like Brie. We can like plant it in a strategic place to like foil her, like frustrate her. She's like, oh, she's she like the, she wants, the cheese. Oh my gosh! Yes, I was imagining a person. This is crazy that that shows up in as a weakness. <laughs> you, don't you remember the Brie conversation? No, I do. I do. I just I <laughs> thought it was a person's name. I totally. Oh I, shit! I thought it was a person too. <laughs> it's Brie Larson. Brie Larson goes to the school. Oh, no, uh, it's a really specific callback, and and it is really uh, barely in the episode. I'm really happy that yeah. they put that in there. Well, the other. Back. The other weird thing is that Michelle's weakness is that she's PB crazed, which I'm assuming Thank is that you. she's peanut butter crazed. <laughs> yeah, I that's think. what I was going to ask. Or P-boys. What the fuck PB crazed me? I think she loves peanut butter. I think that's that's like her weakness is peanut oh, butter. Like Maybe the peanut butter the, gives the her the bad skin and, yeah, and oily hair or something. So no, I think... Food, there's two food references. There was like, Cordelia's food weakness is cheese. Michelle's is peanut butter. Like, what is Buffy's plan? I think she's going to, like, leave peanut butter strategically around the school to, like, distract Michelle uh, away from from campaigning. Or maybe that's she's so I... PB crazed, it's like putting, like, peanut butter on your face and a dog licks it. Like, we're like, we'll get her to, like, <laughs> really terrible by covering it in peanut butter. Like... I mean, I it's so it's- unclear what the strategy is that Buffy hatches based on this stuff. Because, like, I think later you see her, like, giving people muffins that she makes. Like, chocolate muffins, they look like. She's dressed yeah. in, like, a like a letter jack- letterman jacket trying to meet with the, like, the football team or something. Like, 
this is all, I mean, this is stage setting, which is cool, but I don't think it gets called back, but it is pretty rad to see this. Uh, and Holly's list just makes me feel sad for Holly. Um, I'm impressed, you know, not to spoil it, but that she co-won with this list of weaknesses. Yeah, Holly really didn't seem like she was going to do that well. Poor Holly. I would have liked to have seen Buffy's strengths and weaknesses for herself. Right, she asked about that, but we don't get to see it. Because she yeah, wants to I see Cordelia's strategies. Like, yeah. weaknesses was expelled last week. Like, would have been a weakness, I feel like. Uh, Angel. Pre- presumed gang member. <laughs> uh, has left multiple dead bodies in the school. Yeah. That, <laughs> uh, strengths. Even the ironic don't quote. even remember like, her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, we're really relying heavy on you. There was a line earlier where uh, Buffy was talking about how everyone had a good time at her party, her welcome back party, and then Willow was like, they yeah. all died. <laughs> 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 Although the actual body count for that episode wasn't that high, right, Dennis? No, actually, of people killed in the party, I think it was only like one or two, but there yeah. was a lot of corpses. Maybe it's just that people died, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, we know that Jonathan at least survived. That's right. Also, this episode, she finally learns Jonathan's name. Amazing. Well, yeah, when you need him, you learn his name, right? <laughs> yeah, she learns it, or she stops acting like she doesn't know it. Maybe that's the key. Uh, so, All right. I guess moving on here... David, you had the next thing here. How much of this is actually Buffy wanting to be homecoming queen versus getting back at Cordelia? Mm. Yeah, it just seems like the initiative or where it, where it starts from is her missing out on the, you know, the normal photo day thing. Yeah, it's, it, in the end, the end of the episode where it kind of gets to the core, maybe what the episode's about, she talks about how uh, Cordelia's, you know, basically living the life kind of that Buffy wants to be living in some regards. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and that might be more <laughs> of a theme thing also, but I think it's for, like, other than being, before she was the Slayer, she was Cordelia, right? So it's her trying to, a little bit trying to, like, become herself again. Yeah, and also recover from being invisible, <laughs> right? Like, because she was invisible. Yeah. So... Like, what's the opposite of invisible? Winning a popularity contest. Uh, John says, does uh, Willow's comment that Cordelia needs it more make sense outside of her kissing Xander? Can you make, what does that mean? So, they're like, when everybody's saying why they're siding with Cordelia, right? Um, oh, okay. Willow's excuse is that, uh, you, know, you know, Cordelia needs it so much more than Buffy needs it. Which makes sense if, like, and if like interpreted in terms of Will's guilty conscience, but doesn't make sense in any other way. I feel like, like, Cordelia doesn't need yeah. this victory more than Buffy, like, at all. And so yeah. it just it's Buffy a, does not analyze that enough to be like, what yeah. the fuck's going on with Willow this week? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all. Nice. Uh, yeah, of course, Buffy's uh, amazing posters, you know, are just her face in an autograph. I thought those <laughs> are kind of rad, uh, but they're like sure. amazingly presumptuous, but also show, I mean, whatever, Homecoming Queen is this pretty shallow the, thing. I was also like, everybody else's posters look like maybe they were made in the high school computer lab. Hers <laughs> looked like they were professionally done by a, like a good graphic designer. Like, I was... <laughs> 
There's yeah. no way Buffy made those. <laughs> those were well done. It oddly looked like a promo poster for Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, before they fully knew what the show was about or something. Like, and they just had <laughs> a photo of this girl that was cast as the lead, and it's like, Buffy! <laughs> yeah, no, these are clearly uh, set, or not set, they're the promo photos from season three, like, that they use. Yeah. Oh, that's they're like funny. 11 by 17 color glossy, like, like Buffy's Kinko's budget must be like out of control. How does she have the money for that? Yeah. Later on, she's like, I spent a year's allowance on this dress, but like, she must have, that must be the dress plus the printing. Yeah. Or she made her mom buy the posters or something. <laughs> Also, how does she even have a year's allowance? She was homeless like three weeks ago. <laughs> it's an expression. <laughs> All right. Uh, David, uh, you're talking about Buffy's buttons. She needs to learn how to button her sweater. Did you guys see that sweater when she had the board up? I mean, she had like two buttons in the middle and there were like eight buttons at least on that sweater. And it was like, what? You just don't care about... It was like she was taking dressing tips from Angel with his open shirt or something. Like she just didn't... <laughs> I, I, I know it's the 90s. I didn't know where, but... to, I didn't know where to place that comment because I was like, I don't know, maybe... I think last time you were on, you were talking about Cordelia buttoning a sweater also. Um <laughs> <laughs> it's David's clothes corner, but yeah. No, I, I like calling it I David's like, buttons. Like cleavage, heavy, cleavage heavy episode. Uh, Sweater um, police. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's there. I don't know. <laughs> if you want, yeah. if you want those kind of great observations, though, I say tune in to two dummies in a time movie with <laughs> me and Dennis, and you'll get we more. We talk of that. about cleavage a lot. Yeah, and Travis isn't here to stop us from talking about cleavage or bras or anything. All right, well, we'll just move on then. Uh, so, Dennis, you've got three things in a row here you, you can uh, to okay. tackle. Jonathan is really going to town on that cupcake. Uh, I really like that scene. Um, he's digging into it. And then he's also like, Cordelia paid me $6. That buys a lot of cupcakes. And That, that to buys me, like two oh. cupcakes? <laughs> That's just like, wow, there's been some really serious inflation since 98. <laughs> like, maybe, that maybe looked just... like, like an expensive cupcake to me. That did not no, look like No, he's a... talking about like the sixth pack of shitty Kroger cupcakes. That's what he's talking about. Or, or he's yeah. buying the mix just to make it himself. <laughs> oh, making cupcakes. <laughs> just eating I can't believe he ate her whole cupcake and then tells her about the money. Yeah. Um, the, uh, during the whole like prom or homecoming battle montage, there's also the montage of the Slayer Fest prep and that prop leg that Daniel Boone uses yeah. uh, to test his trap is just hilarious to me. <laughs> I love that too. I was I've been watching like uh, like a really large amount of MythBusters lately, and I was just like, that's a terrible human analog. You need to get some ballistics gel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you need ballistics, Joe. That's funny. Uh, oh yeah, at the end of all this, Cordelia and Buffy like get into a verbal attack, and that like sets up the third act. But it's Cordelia is bonkers, like bonkers mean to Buffy, where she's like, I what does she say? Like, you know, she says a bunch of mean stuff, and then Buffy's like, Why is it okay for you to talk like this? Do you have parents? And she's like, Yeah, two of them. Unlike some people. Oh yeah. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> They both uh, get really mean. Like, just, I didn't. I didn't like, think Cordelia was meaner. I thought they were both super mean. They're but both guess, mean because Buffy says vapid whore, which is pretty bad. I feel like that's crossing a line yeah. too. 
But that's at the very end. That's like yeah, that's at after, the end. Yeah. yeah. Did, did you guys notice in the montage as well? Speaking of the cupcakes earlier, that there were like two rando kids that like got cupcakes from Buffy, and then Buffy's like marking them on her list, and then Cordelia shows up with like a baskets of goods of candies, and then they're just like tossing the cupcakes aside and they chow <laughs> down on the candy bars, and it was like they were thin kids, and I was just like. How much fucking junk food do you need to eat? You know, <laughs> these high schoolers have no impulse control at all. They're going bonkers. I've forgotten what it's like to be in high school. I guess that was crazy to me. You don't remember like losing your mind at a bake sale, uh, high school? Well, bake I just sale? can't imagine eating half of a chocolate cupcake and then being like, "Well, screw that! I'm going to eat some candy bars." <laughs> you know? like, oh, right. Like also, the, another cupcake, like frosting first nobody yeah. is like... make a big mess on your face <laughs> but also it's like the second something slightly better arrives you immediately get rid of the previous thing <laughs> like you're like ah oh, this is great well oh, better thing <laughs> next thing i'll dump them like yeah. it is I mean, this is cartoons. garbage now yeah. <laughs> sorry i just had to bring that up it is a goofy montage I mean, the training montage is goofy, too. I mean, of all the hunters, the Slayer fest hunters. Oh, man, I love that fish dude. This, whatever, scales. <laughs> With this, like, He's knives he never gets to properly yeah. use. Anyway. <laughs> With all this setup for the knives. <laughs> yeah, I want to talk about him later. Okay. Uh, John, you said Oz's song about, about Willow? Him. Yeah, so the, the uh, Dingoes at My Baby are playing this song and uh, Willow mentions that the song was written by Oz for her. So I looked up the song. This is uh, She Knows by Four Star Mary. I think Four Star Mary is the band that does all of the Dingoes and My Babies songs. Mm-hmm. And they picked a good song. Like this song is, a, they, it is the song you would write about your girlfriend if you were a werewolf. So like, let me, like, I, can I, I'm gonna quote a couple lyrics here. Um, Please. Um, so won't ever, can't ever find my sanity, won't ever, Till I hear her calling me. She knows that side of me. I can't help it. Can't help that side of me. Just a little more, just until I know what I'm feeling, just a little more to find my sanity. I feel like that's the song about being a werewolf. I feel yeah. like they picked the exact right song. It, it's a nice little detail. A werewolf totally wrote that song 100%. <laughs> <I agree. Yeah. laughs> Man, I, I do like another deep dive like movie just about a werewolf musician would be kind of rad. <laughs> I didn't I didn't think anything about the song when it was playing, but that's great, John. Thanks for looking that up. Uh, David, you've got the next thing here. Uh, it makes sense that Cordelia be mistaken for Faith. Oh, yeah. I mean, just they kind of have a similar look and like, especially, you know, these guys have just been watching from afar or whatever and everything. And it's like, oh yeah, I got, you know, like, they they just know mainly that they're getting like two girls one's a brunette one's blonde and they're the slayers so i just thought that was yeah i wonder if before he got taken away trick caught video of cordelia and was like oh i fucked up i'm not gonna say anything <laughs> <laughs> i feel like that's consistent with his character so what's the trick he I mean, did the- specifically say two slayers that is a money back guarantee so <laughs> So what's what's the trick the with Faith? Like, surviving German dude could get his money back because they want to get Faith and Buffy to Slayer Fest, and they get Cordelia instead. 
how did they like does we just see the mix-up we just see oh cordelia and buffy in the car together there's not like an explanation well, really no they listened the, the, so the german guys were spying on the high school when buffy and faith were making the plans to go to homecoming together mm-hmm. but then the uh, all their friends like they're like we're gonna take the the we're gonna go to homecoming together and then the um their friends like unbeknownst to the bad guys switch things up so that it's only buffy and cordelia in the limo so the, the bad guys were expecting Buffy and Faith to be in the limo because that and was right, their plan they was to go together. To, they want them to make up, right? So put them yes. in the limo together. Right. I was confused at this point. It was, well, it was only upon repeat viewing that I was able to like figure out what was going on there. I mean, it makes sense for the story arc of the show, of course, for yeah. them to be in the, sh- the thing together. But like, I did not get, I was like, oh, cool. But why? Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> there Can was we a talk? note that they got that had that info. That, uh, yeah. Okay. And Buffy. I think Wait. I got so fixated on that beautiful VHS Slayerfest 98 thing that like ever, all the bad feelings went away immediately as soon as the Slayerfest yeah. 98 video plays. Yeah, I think a theme of this is like having professionally produced media for like really narrow personal purposes. Like, I think that's a theme of this episode. <laughs> and I, I, I think that's, that's like, You're right. that's an amazing fetish. And it's, it's lovely to see that when, when that happens. Uh, professionally produced personal media. Well, that's the yeah, thing I do in my life. I, I kind of understood why they stayed and watched the entire video, even though he said earlier on that, like, you have 30 seconds or whatever. It's like, <laughs> it's like I would want to see the full production value of this video that this guy made, you know? Um, but this is a I video did... that's made to only play once. Uh, so, Dennis, you got the next couple here about how fast Buffy is. Oh, yeah. I mean, Buffy steps on a... <laughs> Uh, bear trap and then pulls her leg out before it snaps so i'm just saying buffy is fast uh she got them slayer spill slayer skills miss uh, busted <laughs> <laughs> uh and then i say that's stegosaurus demon man um so this is like one of those random attempts they make at making like a new kind of demon dude um and i like the frills on the head i like the plates um i think he's just way too brightly colored like just that's the part that doesn't work for me is the bright coloring. I think he's pretty funny. They're like, I am, what does he say? I wrote it down. Something, S- something of the, the Mequot. Yeah. yeah. So the Mequot clan. <laughs> uh, so little fun facts about Stegosauruses. Um, <laughs> Please. They are from the Jurassic period. Uh, and even though media often shows them fighting Tyrannosaur, Tyrannosauruses, uh, they are actually timeline further apart from Tyrannosaurus are than we are. They're like 84 million years apart and we're only like 65 million years apart from the T-Rex. Um, the spikes on the back of a uh, Stegosaurus are called Thogomizers and that is, a, that is a paleontologically accepted term and it's based on a far side joke that everybody likes. Um, and there is evidence of the Thogomizers there's fossil evidence of the thogomizers being used on an allosaurus crotch. So it's totally whacked <laughs> uh, an allosaur in the crotch. Um, there's a little fun stegosaurus facts. Can that they pop, excellent. Can they pop blades out of their arms like the demon guy did? To the girl? <laughs> uh, yes, they can. Oh, cool. <laughs> wow. I didn't know we get so much science content on the Buffy Virgin this time. Yeah, well, it's, and it's, you're usually the tech guy. I, this, there's not a lot of uh, 
paleo stuff that shows up on Buffy. But when there is, I want to talk about it. Well, I'm glad, that, I'd glad to know that the demon science is made up. And then when we go to dino stuff, it can be pretty, get pretty real. Did you uh, even so, have to look any of those up, Dennis? Sorry, I'm stepping on No, those are just things I know. That's what I thought. <laughs> uh, there are species of stegosauruses that have spikes on their shoulders. So that's kind of similar to the spikes in the arms. Uh, so Yoder, you, you called out the thing I also called out in the quote, which was the uh, almost out of character joke about from Giles about Buffy being in trouble, which is lovely. I, that yeah. was like a total laugh out loud for me too. Like I just, that was amazing. Yeah, that was like maybe just the most pure joy moment of the episode for me. It was very funny. Uh, especially since she is in trouble, of course. And yeah. so like there's that <laughs> obvious irony to it. Uh, yeah, it's like, oh, how did Giles find out? Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and then, Dennis, you're talking about Cordelia with the spatula versus the telephone or whatever that scene is. <laughs> the spatula. Yeah, I just I thought she was really funny pulling out that spatula. And she's like, because of this. <laughs> and it also reminded me of Battle Royale, just this thing of like, you get one random weapon and Cordelia drew the short straw and gets the spatula. <laughs> uh, uh, and I also say, Giles gets knocked out again. Um, <laughs> uh, usual for him. Mike's taking a drink for that. Uh, oh, I mean, it's just he's not in this episode at all. Like, he misses, we don't even see him get knocked out. We just, like, cut to Giles knocked out. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> he's totally not in this episode. Yeah, Giles and Oz are both kind of just there for one liners, it seems like, this time. Yeah, poor Oz. A lot of shit is happening that he's not just not aware of. Uh, also, no intervention by Angel in this episode. You totally expect him to show up and like tear these people apart. But if he does, then Cordelia will know about him. So he's got to stay back in the cave or whatever. I think we've been shown that his brain is moving much slower than it was before. And he's at home processing Giles and then also <laughs> uh, Scott boyfriend. Like, so that's in his head. That's what he's mulling over. Yeah, he's got to stay away because of Scott now. Maybe that's why. Maybe, yeah. Um, I ask, uh, and this is really just a fashion question. I generally don't know. Maybe it's a normal thing. But why does Buffy wear the corsage on her ass? I don't know um, anything about corsages. I thought they went on like either the arm or like the chest. I've never yeah. seen one like. That's what I would say too, but maybe there's a butt corsage. I've never, yeah, I don't know. Or maybe you're not supposed to at all, and Buffy just seriously messed up there. But she was prom princess. She should know. Yeah. Maybe she's trying to make this happen. Yeah, you don't correct Buffy Summers. Jeez. I didn't catch that about the corsage placement yeah, on her I butt. Yeah, I also didn't see it. I'm just taking Dennis's really? word for it. All right, it happened. It was on her ass. That's where Dennis was looking. Of, for most of Act 3, it's on her butt. Interesting. Um, all right, technically it's above her butt. It's her, like, I don't know, lower back waist. I don't know. It's where the spine ends. Anyway, um, I also say uh, more spatula. Yeah, just the gorge <laughs> wife gets stabbed with a spatula. Uh, a lot of spatula in this episode. Um, I'm also surprised that spatula of... had a real wood handle. <laughs> Me too. Like, but apparently my does. spatula does not have a wooden handle. My spatula has a plastic handle. Yeah, I guess I have it. Not sharp. It's definitely not a sharp end. So she had to drive that pretty hard into the chest to make that work. 
there was like a slight delay before she vaporized. I thought almost that was the thing of like it wasn't a wooden spatula at first or something, but yeah. I think vampires operate on um, Wiley Coyote logic that they're okay until they realize it. <laughs> oh, there's definitely that vibe with uh, Candy, right? Because she gets stabbed and it's like a second before she realizes that that was it. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah. 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 Uh, also, did Mike ever predict if the Gorches were going to come back or not? Because No, there's no predictions about the Gorches. Why would yeah. I ever assume that they would come back? <laughs> When did they first appear? Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You don't expect them to show huh? up that, No, there used to be two Gorch brothers. They were at the mall. <laughs> there was the fight with the pinball arcade. They're in no. the... Um, Please, which in episode, the episode is it? With the uh, bad eggs. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, that's more helpful to me than in the mall. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's enough weird mall episodes. Uh, okay. I think there's yeah. only one. Oh, but that's where they kill the the big boss, right? Um, with the rocket the launchers in the mall too, yeah. right? Um, oh, okay, okay. There's more than one. Maybe there's maybe that's it. Maybe it's just those two. I'm just getting technical to escape uh, looking like an idiot. So, uh, all right. And I also the ending is great. I the you know turns out that neither Cordelia or Buffy win prom princess. It's a tie between the other two who we've never met. It's yeah, fun. I wanted to know, Mike, did um, as a Buffy virgin, the little one-two punch where they're like, oh, it's a tie, and it's neither of the main characters. Did that little did that actually work on you in any way? I actually did think Buffy and Cordelia were going to win together for a second, and then they looked, because they looked so fucked up because of all the fighting and how rad that would be, and then uh, they took it away from me immediately and gave it to the rivals that I was not following at all. But, you know, I had written down their names because there was just like a mess of characters in this episode where it's like, okay, all this stuff gets called back in Buffy Origins, so I better write these people down. And I was like, oh, Pauline Michelle, the people that Cordelia talked down to or about immediately. And I was surprised, but it was like, that's fine with me too because, you know, I, they wouldn't learn the right lessons about this episode if they won also. But I also don't know what this universe how this universe feels about, you know, prom queens. Now I do. But, uh, yeah, no, it got me. Well done. Well done, Joss and co. So we're going to move on to questions for the group. These are more open questions versus observations. Uh, so first question I've got here is, uh, how excited are you to be in a limo? And I say that because uh, there's a little bit of haggling about the limo thing in the beginning. And in general, people are very excited to be in a limo. Um, so if I pick you up in a limo, how amazed and excited are you to get in the limo? Does I'm that make well, <laughs> I, and, I had and a, should we be incorporating limos in our lives more for special occasions? Because like it seems like if you don't I, do it I at prom, just, that's like it. There's no opportunity for limo get get arounds. Well, you're in Napa Valley though, area, Dennis, and I bet there's limos going around all the time. Yeah. So maybe you're in a special circumstance. Say, as the as the guy who lives in like tourist town. I see limos all the time. I never get in a limo, but I see them all the time. The other day, there was a fucking limo in Safeway blocking like four parking spaces. And I was like, God fucking damn it. <laughs> like, um, so I'm not excited to see limos at all, but <laughs> I have only ridden in a limo like two or three times. And other than if it's a, for a funeral, I think I've been pumped about it. I've been like, <laughs> so why would you be in a limo? One time I got in a limo um, 
when I was in middle school and I made it to the nationals for a karate championship. And for some reason we got picked up in a limo and it wowed me. I was wowed. Uh, well done, Dennis. And then for a funeral, I don't know. So the funeral ones don't wow me, but. I feel like I had a firm answer of this about not caring about limos until you said the like, what if I picked you up in one? So now this whole story where I like walk outside and Mike Poley's out front in a limo, <laughs> I, that gives me a lot more feelings about it. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, I like yeah. excitement, hey, but also five. apprehension. Like, <laughs> right. Like uh, a Michael Douglas, the game scenario is about to play yeah. out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think a lot of people just hire limos as like, it's like a fancy designated driver. I mean, Nowadays, you could just use a Lyft or an Uber. Uh, it'd be a lot easier. Yeah. There's still a place for limos. But, like, for instance, I'm going to wine country in a couple of weeks for this Thanksgiving wine thing. And uh, I'm going around in a bus. It's not a limo. Is it a but, short bus or a full-size bus? <laughs> uh, I th- there's going to be th- maybe 40 people on the bus. So I think it's it's a bus, regular bus. So it's a really crammed oh. short bus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, everyone's going to be sitting at each other's laps. Is this uh, wine country, Oregon? Yeah. So Willamette Valley, Oregon, wine country, which is just as lovely as Napa-ish. Sounds like a seniors tour. Are you like going with a bunch of seniors? (laughs) No. Plus is going from winery to winery is pretty common. Oh, is it? Yeah, it's just a bunch of seniors, John. I can't wait (laughs) to get on this wine tour with seniors. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I'm not, I don't mean to shit on your vacation, Mike. It's, just, uh, it's not a vacation. It's just a wine outing. I'm going to a few different tasting rooms uh, with other people who are in their 30s and 40s. It will be lovely. Are, are you take sure? A bus. Have you confirmed that these people are in their 30s and 40s? Okay, let me look at the invite. There are people's <laughs> the, names thing, on it. the thing is, John, when you're doing a lot of wineries, you need a designated driver because you're going to get sloshed. No, that's, that, that seems fair. That seems fair, but like getting on a bus for like and going with a bunch of people to a place that seems like a thing that uh, school children and uh, seniors do. I don't know. I I think I'd be more excited to go I get can, drunk. I can honestly with assure a... you, John, this is like a normal thing. What Mike is okay. describing is like really normal in wine. Okay. Um, no, but I like John making it seem special and messed up. I'm sorry, yo. I live in Philly, and like we don't do that. <laughs> Yeah, wine country in Philly. Yeah, that'd be like visiting three gas stations. I get it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, is, what was the line? The wine where, tour. Um, You'll get it. It's Philly. Yeah. It's cool. And somebody behind you was like, oh, shit, the times are tough when the doc, when Doctor Who's got to take the bus. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you have a cape on? Uh, I was wearing a bow tie, as a matter of fact. And, oh, okay. uh, yeah. Yo, you know the economy's bad when Doctor Who be taking the trolley. <laughs> <laughs> that's good uh Mike, what a character both you and this person is uh yeah so the next thing here uh so faith is considered more elusive than buffy to kill at least according to trick when he sets up the most dangerous gamey part of this episode um who do you think would be harder to kill i like this question mike because it's not a who would win in a fight question which i couldn't answer you but I think, oh between uh, buffy and faith yeah, but I think who is harder to kill is more about like survival skills and stuff. And I have an answer to this, which is based on when Spike first shows up and he's like about to kill Buffy and then Joyce saves, saves her and he's like, a slayer with friends. I didn't sign on for this. And to me, 
Like, what makes Buffy have, why Buffy has survived so long is because of her family and friends, not just in incidents like that where there's another person around to help your back, but the emotional safety of having loved ones where Faith doesn't have that. So even though it seems like Faith would be harder to kill because she's harder to find and because she's a little more psychotic, um, I think she actually, like, wouldn't doesn't have the strong survival like survivor's instinct of somebody who's loved. Good answer. Yeah, I love that. I'll I, uh, I'll take oh, the opposite stance and say I think maybe you right, could get, I think you could get Buffy in the spot where you could kill her easier because you would just take her mom or her friends, kidnap them, and put them in danger. You know, I, maybe I've been. Yeah, I've been watching too much Adam West Batman while I've been coloring comics or something. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's what I'm picturing. And then, but see, because I've been watching Batman, then in my mind it's like, well, you don't actually kill the good guy, then you fail still anyway. So I don't know. But uh, whereas I mean, in a in a like not battle to the death scenario, like in a we just need to murder somebody, Buffy was being video cameraed, right? So I think if you have the ability to surveil somebody, you have the ability to snipe them, right? So in a like realistic, like let's not engage the Slayer in battle, let's just take the Slayer out, Buffy would lose quicker. But that's not how like the show ever operates. They're not like sniping Slayers. Yeah, if I wanted to say something really terrible, it's like you could just blow up the entire school, then you'd be sure to get both of them, right? That, that would work, no? Faith doesn't go to school, man. Well, she was helping Buffy train there. She's there sometimes. Yeah, she's elusive. You never know where she is. So she'd be harder to kill. <laughs> uh, Dennis, you have the next questions here. All right, and it doesn't work as well because we ended up talking a little bit about Scott. But I noticed when I was going through the notes that none of, a, none of us even said, like, Scott and Buffy break up. So it's like... Uh, none of us even mentioned the Scott breakup. Uh, what does this say about his and its importance? Um, the relationship is so boring. I don't even know why they're together. Like when everybody's hanging out and it's like you, you've seen the clear connections between Oz and Willow and Cordelia and Xander. And then like, what does Scott do for me? Plus like Angel, since Angel showed up, like there's no way that Scott matters. Yeah. Angel and Buffy are like, so destined to mess each other's lives up that like at least for this show i mean i think that buff that's how buffy feels about scott too she describes him as like a solid guy which is that's not how i want to be described as a boyfriend like he's a he's a real solid guy he's a you know i think you know like he's there (laughs) yeah like well like being a homecoming queen i think Scott is a symbol for Buffy about like being normal and having a regular life things that she wants to have to prove you know because she wants to prove that she can have those things not because she necessarily intrinsically wants them yeah I think the way the show wrote it is that like Scott is avoiding the painful end that would eventually happen anyway because he sees how like Buffy's not treating this as a real thing and everything but if you just look at it from Buffy's point of view it's pretty cold-hearted to like dump her right before this homecoming dance. And then he shows up with the girl that basically looks exactly like Buffy, like this other blonde <laughs> high school girl. And it's like, it's like, geez, moved on fast there, Scott. 
Yeah. Maybe Which maybe that was his sister or something. Like Buffy doesn't even like see Scott. She's a little busy with her crazy life. Oh, and then playing into the Faith Buffy thing, right? Faith totally dumps on Scott's date, right? Like Yeah. Yeah. Truly trying well, she to plays like, like a really mean prank on him where she like pretends that he's got some horrible some... disease. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like jealous ex behavior or something. Yeah. Yeah. I So I actually have a question about this. I didn't put in the notes about like, um, what do you think about Faith? Like, because like, I feel like Scott's reasons for breaking up with Buffy are, you know, pretty reasonable that like, he's just not getting what he wants out of the relationship. He breaks with, it's a fairly, it's a fairly okay breakup. He's never like, Scott's never shitty to Buffy. Right. He's just like, this isn't working for me and he's out. Right. But, and nevertheless, Faith, goes after him nastily like really really gross and it really goes after him do you want that out of your friends like do you want like your friends to go after your exes to immediately take your side like against your exes <laughs> i don't but is that what you want out of your friendships i think you always want your friends to have your side in that scenario and so like faith got buffy's version of their relationship not you know ever hearing scott's side so that maybe explains more why she attacks Scott. Uh, no, I don't want that, John. I don't. <laughs> I mean, as it is like, you know, you live long enough, your friends go through breakups and you have to make a decision about which partner is your friend. Like yeah. you can't really be friends with both people when there's a breakup or a divorce and that's hard, but like to be vindictive on top of it. No, there's no, there's no value, but in high school, you know, all bets are off. That yeah, people don't understand human yeah, relationships. Is, I may have played, I may have done the fate stuff, but I don't, I don't just don't this recall. Is very high school, uh, yeah, not like our adult real life. Um, but for high school, it seems it does not seem inaccurate to do that. I mean, there's also yeah. some jealousy on Faith's part, right? Because she wants to hook up with Buffy. So <laughs> you admit it, <laughs> admit it. I, I'm, I'm feeling it too now. Now that you guys have pointed Faith. the details out, I can't not see it. But obviously the show isn't uh, going to give us that. So it's just, it's not going to make predictions. I don't know. Maybe that's why Travis avoids this season. I don't know. I don't, <laughs> don't want to see Willow and Xander make out. That makes me so anxious. I wouldn't want to watch this episode <laughs> <Yeah>. either. <laughs> they, are, they are both really cute though. And it's like their hormones are raging and stuff. It's why are they melting down their best, the best chance they have for happiness with these other people? They, they are both miserable people together. I don't want this to happen. Yeah. Uh, so this episode's story, the Cordelia versus Buffy thing, I think it can only really happen because even when Cordelia joins the group and stuff, Cordelia and Buffy never become friends. And this is something I've been kind of observing on this rewatch is like Buffy, I mean, Cordelia and Willow actually become pretty good friends. Like you see them interact and stuff, but you never see Cordelia and Buffy hanging out. Um, so just like, why do you think that is? Um, and I think we've maybe answered a little bit about this. I think they're just, they're too similar. Yeah, I think maybe, yeah, it's that thing. Buffy is reminded of who she used to be with Cordelia. It's like, I think, I don't know. You ha everyone has people that annoys them or whatever, but like, I feel like, I you know, whoever annoys me, it's probably just me being like, oh, I see my, my, the stupid things that I do, like in this person doing their things. And so it's really not fair for me being like, oh, I hate myself so much that I'm going to project my hate on you for you doing a similar thing to what I do. But 
you know, people aren't rational creatures. Yeah, I mean, I like that example yeah, of like Buffy seeing herself in Cordelia, and that's why. Because like Cordelia is super funny. Like, I, I she's a fun character. I, I like having her on the show. I would feel like they would be, they should be good friends. But Buffy needs needs a closer friend that's more more not like her, I guess, like Willow. But whatever, she can't be friends with anybody anyway because uh, she was gone and didn't tell anybody what was going on. So looks like Angel's going to be her good friend. Angel's going to be her confidant <laughs> now, I can even can though it should be Cordelia. Oh, I wanted to say about Angel being the confident, I want to have a Travis moment here and reference a TV show that none of you probably even know about. Uh, but there was this show called Huff. <laughs> you, you guys ever hear the show called Huff? It had uh, does it have David Boreanaz in it? Is that why? No, it was Hank Azaria. He was a psychiatrist. Anyway, he had problems. He went to his brother that was like an immensely institution and couldn't respond to him and basically treated his brother as his therapist and un- unloaded on him all the time. And I kind of saw that Buffy was doing a similar thing of like, Angel's not fully there, like, you know, giving her back what she needs, but he's at least there to like be talked at. Whereas her friends have kind of already shown in previous episodes that like they're over, you know, like, Buffy's drama of like problems that she has to be there to listen all the time. I don't know. Huff. <laughs> Are you recommending this show? Yeah, it's pretty good actually. Uh, Hank Azaria gives a good dramatic turn. Um, it has, a, I think it's one of the first roles with Anton Yelchin, y- y- however you say his name, uh, that was a uh, check off on Star Trek and oh, yeah. recently died. Daddy. Or yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, it's like a one or two season wonder. It's 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 all right. So tell me about this Huff thing again. Okay. I w- uh, <laughs> well, Why is it, I was what's just the connection? Say as as like, well, that Buffy is treating Angel kind of as like her go-to to unload problems on, whereas like he can't actually like be there to be responsive to receive those problems. Okay, and in yeah. the show Huff. Uh, Hank Azari's character does the same thing with his brother. It's really not fair because his brother is like dealing with his own crap of like having severe mental behavior issues and like, but like Hank Azari goes there and he's acting like he's being the good brother and visiting him, but he's really just unloading his own shit onto his brother. And don't you do that, Dennis? <laughs> Sorry, I don't not... do it with my brother. No, I listen to him talk. Yeah. Um, I've actually tried to talk to him about real stuff and it doesn't. You know, it doesn't work. You can't do it, even when he's on meds. So, uh, yeah, it sounds like a relatable situation. Um, Sorry to make it too real there. I was going to say, though, if, oh, here's John. I was worried my internet was going to go out because we've been having really bad storms here in Indiana. I think there was like a tornado even in Ellettsville or something. So it was pretty bad. All right, well, John, it looks like he's back. Hey, sorry. Yep, cool, he's back. Uh, yep. You just missed, uh, we went deeper on the Huff stuff, but otherwise, that's <laughs> Huff, it. Sorry, Huff? Yeah, Huff. You'll just have you to listen to, to the talk. episode. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, and Dennis, so Dennis, you have the last question here. Uh, should friends make out? Yeah. Well, uh, John and I have already dealt with this question, and the answer is yes. <laughs> uh, but seriously, should friends make out? You mean like, should you start a relationship with your best friend? It's a, it's a yeah. very interesting question, it's a, Dennis. It's a big question. I don't know. 
uh, I'm asking to my group of friends. Um, uh, but yeah, I don't know. We don't need to answer it. Obviously, you guys have already answered it. Uh, you made a movie about it. Sure. Uh, so, you know, I met my wife. Um, we were not really friends before we started dating. We, uh, we met, we had similar friend groups, but we, we met and then we just started dating. But we didn't like spend years getting to know each other and like <laughs> be in other relationships. Um, yeah. So this has worked out for me. I like this, but cause I like starting dating. Cause then you set up parameters that are really clear and everybody knows what the rules are versus, uh, starting friends and then changing the rules, uh, has always worked out poorly for me. But, uh, this is, uh, everybody's story is different. Yeah. I don't know. All right. Okay, moving uh, on to, to deep stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so this is a really dumb theme question, but maybe it's the question. What is this episode about? <clears throat> I couldn't put like a simple label uh, about what this episode was about. Besides being a most dangerous game, like satire or, you know, like riff. Uh, and it's about the relationship between Cordelia and Buffy, you know, but what is it, what is it really about? I think it's about Buffy trying to find herself and her place in the school. Um, but yeah, I think one of the, one of the questions, one of the themes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, right. Is like the Slayer versus who she like is outside of being the Slayer. Right. And can she have a normal life? And like, can she have her interests that aren't like stabbing monster related? Um, and this episode answers that she can, but she can only do it very poorly. I agree with that. I think that's that's the, the bulk of it. Okay, so then it's the conversation that she has with Cordelia when, like, Cordelia doesn't want to get killed. This is what Buffy does all the time. She can't live a normal life. Right. Yeah, and it's almost very, like, Season one, Buffy not wanting to embrace her destiny, right? Like, yeah, I feel like the show that's right. Like, gone over that and is like, okay, being the Slayer, but uh, yeah, every now and then you backslide, I guess. I feel like the story, yeah. So I feel like the stories address this issue. So this episode doesn't feel this is a filler episode then to me. Like, it doesn't feel like it moves the story forward. Like, I mean, yes, there's the Willow Xander makeout, but like. Which happens it because also of introduced the mayor. Oh gosh, so, and the mayor's mayo on. thing. Great. Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say that's what the episode's about. It's about mayonnaise under your fingernails. Who can't relate to that? See, if I were to <laughs> if I were to try to show this show to a friend, I would just clip out the little bit with Willow and Xander, and maybe that mayor scene. So you see the mayor, and then maybe the mayor trick scene. But like, I, I don't know this. T- this does not feel like an important episode of the show, an essential episode. But maybe... Michael, I, we were tr- kind of having this argument before we started recording, but I feel like you have the totally wrong approach to this episode, is that this is just a fun episode. It's not a filler episode. It's a funner episode where a lot of fun stuff happens, like Slayer yeah, Fest 98. And, yeah, I think you know, this episode. show... Sorry. <laughs> what, Dennis? Like, yeah, I agree. I think this is a fun episode. We get Slayer Fest. We get, like like the stegosaurus demon and daniel boone and like the guys using early 90s internet to kill um 
Yeah, and I would just say without like giving anything away for what happens down the road, you being a Buffy virgin, but it's like, you know, shows usually tend to get darker as they go on that, you know, like more serious things happens. And you may look back and be like, wow, I would really like to have one of these fun, lighthearted episodes like Homecoming later on. So appreciate what you got while you got it. I Look, David, <laughs> I can't appreciate it because this show refuses to let Angel like be revealed and it wants to pretend that this is the big fucking, like, I... Have just you not let, watched any other TV show ever? Jesus, I mean, sorry, I didn't mean to like hit. <laughs> I just want I just want this next drama to move forward so we can like I I don't like the agitation of Angel existing and Buffy yeah. not talking about it and it makes me angry at the show and then the show's like you guys are like it's a lighthearted episode no it's about Angel being hidden in a cave and Buffy's saying I'll never tell anyone about that you're here like no no tell fucking Giles that the guy that killed his girlfriend and the like the person that's in the main villain in season two is in a cave and he's safe. But he's better now, guys. Like that's insane he's to me. The show can just to point that? that out again. In the cave, he's in a mansion. <laughs> in a mansion. I just it feels so... like a cave. It feels like a cave. But, whatever his mansion cave. It just makes me so angry, right, David, right. that this show no, I, is like, let's just play another fun episode. Like, it's not fun. I need resolution on this shit. And it bothers me. No, I understand. I, I definitely agree that like, that's one of the things I hate most in TV shows is when characters lie to each other for no good reason at all. It's like, there's no reason why like you wouldn't just come out and say what was going on or what, whatever. Um, right. So I understand that frustration, but if you take that away, <laughs> just try to enjoy the fun. Right. And then they had more frustration with the Willow and Xander makeout, which is like, clearly they're going to lie for as long as possible. They're partners that that happened. So it's just like, cool. Just like add another weird, big lie. But I guess if they lie about loving about like their love, then like the least, I don't know what happens now. I mean, I'm going to make some predictions about I it. I would say if you can't handle these two little lies, definitely don't watch CW's The Flash because like you would just like explode or something. I don't uh, like show. I don't like shows where the main problem is people lying to each other, like and they're lying about stuff crazy. they don't need to lie about. Fucking that crazy. stuff makes me. That stuff makes me crazy. I know it's every romantic comedy ever. It's just like I'm gonna I'm not gonna tell this girl that I'm only dating her because of a dare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've told so this you guys about, all that story, right? Yeah. <laughs> so this episode's about continuing to lie to Michael <laughs> for to the audience about about the real relationships. Hey. Okay, my, my rant. I guess I got uh, Slayer Fest '98. Slayer Fest '98 is hilarious <laughs> and awesome. I did love Slayer Fest '98. I love that the German terrorists uh, are the dumbest villains and they shoot each other. Uh, oh, yeah. I wanted to ask about that. Surely the whole point of having like a video game type setup so you can see like everything from a, from like a God's eye view would be to avoid things like where your own guys shoot each other. Like how does that not get avoided by his system? Well, I feel like that he has the unique ability to do that, right? I understand the one shooting at the one that had the target but right. the other one shooting back, that's yeah. just being a jerk because you know <laughs> you know that the slayers don't have guns on them, that they're not, you know, shooting at you. So Yeah. Well how he could even be that that precise on that giant grid he had, like 
when right, I, you're right, totally. It's like the grid is like probably like, you know, half a square mile or something for this area they're in. And why doesn't he have tracers on his guys? Like he puts tracers on on the slayers, but he doesn't put tracers on his own guys. This could have been avoided because he could have been like, "Oh, I see that the one of the slayers is inside your butt as you walk around." That might not be accurate. Like maybe something's going on. The call's coming from inside your butt. <laughs> That this is a classic problem with homing beacons, right? Because you want to use them on other people, but not on yourself. Yeah, this is a classic. Yeah. Well, it's hubris. It's also, um, when they shoot, the homing beacon dies, um, but it wasn't like tied to like their heartbeat or anything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they happen to like directly hit the homing beacons as well with their bullets yeah. like, at each other. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, that was so that's so so bizarrely silly that the show went in that direction. Also, like it built these up. I mean, it's kind of the the like a fun time in TV where there's like goofy terrorists. Like you don't casually wear use the like phrase terrorists uh, right, in yeah. 2017, but in the 90s, like we can have fun with terrorism. <laughs> fun white terrorists. Hey, yeah. hey, they're the Everybody Germans. Everybody enjoys a white terrorist. They bombed an imaginary flight. I actually looked up the the flight bombing they mentioned and it's like it's all that shows up is buffy and something from world war ii so they didn't like pick a real fight uh, well that was smart smart choice to make up one uh can, do you want to move on to uh predictions yeah obviously i failed one i bet a lot of predictions happen oh a lot? so yeah well, yeah, there's uh, actually quite a few. So, okay, so to look at predictions, first of all, let's review that, Mike, you are currently at a 71.7. We'll round that off to 72. So you're, you're getting to the lower end of the C range here. Um, we'll see how you do after today. So there's a few here that I think are debatable. So first of all, Mike predicted in the second ever episode that Willow and Xander would become an item. Have they become an item? Uh, and I'm going to look to Dennis and Yoder first. I mean, I, for I, mean, I think yes, here. but, you know. Does this count that, as item? I say, was... not, I, I say they're not an item. They yeah, they, they hooked up, but they're not. But there's definitely, not weren't there predictions about making out or not making out also? Mm, well, okay, hold on. Um, so, okay. Season one, episode 11, Mike predicts that invisible assassins will make a comeback. Does a mention constitute a comeback? I don't yes. think so. I was expecting something more dramatic than, than this. <laughs> okay. Than a reference. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. So do you remember when Cordelia, um, like, you know, pretends to be the slayer and puffs herself up and scares uh, Gorch away, right? So Mike predicted that Cordelia... This is his prediction, and I quote, Cordelia strikes back, semicolon, becomes a vampire-killing badass. So she definitely presents herself that way. Does this, does this count for anything? Oh, when she tells off uh, yeah. the vampire. Because she definitely, like, like, presents herself as a vampire-killing badass and scares away a vampire, but she doesn't really become yeah. one, so we're going to say no, right? She sells it to that vampire, but it's not a truth. Right. Okay. All right. Agree. Okay. All right. Now, contrary to previous predictions in season two, episode 14, Mike predicted that Willow and Xander will never get together. 
Does this constitute getting together? What do you think? They touch lips. <laughs> okay. I think so. I count this as not being an item, but getting together. Okay. Uh, <laughs> man, I, I, this is where you guys are going to get me so literally. This is not a permanent relationship, and y'all know it. And uh, You have to uh, think about your phrasing when you make these predictions. What, was, what, was, what were you thinking when you said that? Do you remember? No, I mean, they were hinting at they were going to have a relationship in season, all of season one. There's like this cuteness about them. So it's like clearly something's going to happen. But sounds like we're now, counting this as denied. So, I, no, it, I mean, well, I, I obviously fucked this up. But like, you know, my, my thought was that it would it would needed to happen. But now, of course, the show has decided to make it happen at the least opportune time when they both have a relationship so that it can't happen. But like, it's like they could totally have been a thing sooner but they were uncapable. The show writers were incapable of doing it then. And now they want to do it only to make people angry and happy. Like fans <laughs> want to see them together, but it's like, but let's like do this. it when they can't be together. I don't know. It sounds like a denied prediction to me. No, it's totally denied. I, I, it's totally denied. Okay. So uh, this is a fun one in season two, episode 17, <laughs> after Willow's fish were killed, Mike predicted that the next time we see Willow's room, we will see fish in it. And I believe that we are in Willow's room in the bow tie scene, and there is nary a fish to be seen. <laughs> Did you pause and scan the whole room? I mean, I didn't look that carefully. Tell me I'm wrong. Someone well, proved me wrong. I don't think there's a fish there. I don't think we, we see one, but yeah, the dressing screen. It could be behind the dressing uh, screen. But no, okay. But no, no, no. The prediction states, and I quote: "The next time we see Willow's room, comma, we will see fish in it. Not there will be fish in it. So, obscured fish do not count. We have to see the fish, and I don't think we see a fish. Yeah, that's a failed prediction. I I feel bad about this because I feel like Mike only predicted that because I kept making a big deal about Willow's fish. Yeah, typical red herring. Because <laughs> I brought it up multiple times before it happened, where I was like, "Where are our fish?" This is yeah. This keeps happening where Mike it makes predictions based on what makes us excited. Where like he's like, "Oh, there's gonna be like a whole Jonathan plot arc," and like in season two, and like that was wrong. Well, you're based on the things you're excited about, but <laughs> you guys aren't watching the same show. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's very that's, true. Yeah, it's true. Uh, this is obviously not, doesn't count, but, um, I just want to point out that Mike predicted in season two, episode 20, that the gang will fight a dinosaur. We didn't get a dinosaur, but we did get a dinosaur-esque villain, but obviously it doesn't count. Um, it actually bothers me that they never call him Stegosaurus head or something. Like, they're like, you got spiny, those are clearly, like, Stegosaurus plates, you know? They're designed to look like them, but nobody ever mentions it. Uh, and those are all the ones I could find. I feel like I missed one, though. Do you guys know what I'm missing? Uh, I don't. I felt like there was another one too. Um, let me look at the doc. Uh, sure. All right, I'm reviewing this episode, the, the <laughs> Willow's room scene here, to see about the fish situation. I'm, I don't recall any either, but I thought I we're might. gonna have to cut this part out. This is boring. <laughs> it's yeah. like everyone. It's the looking at documents podcast. <laughs> Oh yeah. You're There's welcome. no fish there. No fish. <laughs> a lot of distractions in this scene. So you don't see the fish. No fish. No fish. 
Uh, <laughs> well, okay, so John, uh, the prediction about Cordelia becoming a badass vampire slayer. Yes. I feel like that's almost negated when we see the Scooby gang like trying to fight vampires on their own. Like she's not, is, or is it? Yeah, we, we discussed it. We discussed it they're... in that episode. Um, I mean, they, yeah, it could still happen. So we're leaving it open. No, I like um, that John keeps bringing it up. Anytime Cordelia fights something, it's like, was she a badass this time? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I put it's just it, the suspense. I really enjoyed that moment though, where she stood up to the vampire. That was pretty great because she <laughs> just like hit her breaking point. Yeah, that was a good moment. Agree. All right, it doesn't doesn't feel like it, guys. So it's interesting. I think there's one other wide shot in this scene, but um, Willow Xander. I guess we're going to call them uh, Wander, uh, Zillow, <laughs> or Zillow. <laughs> yeah, that's fun. Uh, so the Zillow thing is interesting because just for the predictions, because um, so Mike made two contradictory predictions that they will become an item and won't get together and he got like the worst of it because we decided that they did that they didn't become an item but they did get together so yeah you uh, guys are jerks you're like <laughs> literalness here because like i in my in my heart i know that i i got what i thought would happen but not i didn't do a good job with the genie you know with how i set up my wish you know and like and yeah. so i lose yeah, this Buffy is, Virgin is a total monkey's paw situation. <laughs> it's, it's so annoying. <laughs> all right, any other so little dry. What? Anything else? Uh, no, that's all I could find. Um, yeah. Okay, I got some more for you guys. Yeah, so, please. Uh, the trick and mayor partnership is only going to last for one caper. They're going to do one caper together, and then somehow their partnership will end. I don't want to go into details of how it will end, but they're going to pull off one caper. I don't know if it's going to be the style of Slayer Fest 98. No idea. Just they're going to do one try to kill the Slayer thing together. So it's an attempt, no matter... Okay. But only once. And I don't know if it'll end with Trick being killed, but separate prediction, Trick is gone before the end of season three. Trick is a blip. The mayor's the big deal to this show apparently because he became an underling to the mayor <laughs> immediately by the police went to his house and grabbed him. So uh, in my opinion, I think the, is that two predictions? Is that two predictions. Yeah. So the died, one is trick, trick and the mayor, the mayor get one, one caper together as a team trick is gone before the end of season three. And then this is a big one. The Willow Xander are a thing and the Buffy angel is a thing this is going to get revealed on the same episode and that episode is going to be called revelations. <laughs> uh, that's got to be the episode, right? Do you want to make those a separate prediction so that if one comes true, but not the other, you don't uh, fuck yourself over. Or? Okay. No, sure. Double yeah. down, double down on it. <laughs> <sighs> Will yeah. say, okay. Will like... Xander, Buffy angel. They're going to be revealed together. That's prediction. Separate prediction to save my butt just in case. Oh, okay. Is that Willow Xander Buffy Angel reveal will happen on the episode that is called Revelations. I feel like it's cheating for you. Look ahead at the episode titles. But, I uh, thought there was, this episode's called Homecoming. I thought that. Uh, no, but I'm just saying it, it gives you, I mean, it, it, they're pretty vague and it doesn't inform anything, I guess, but 
I mean, how can I not, you know, just in the bottom of this Hulu, like little tray, I get like all this shit down here, you know, like Revelations yeah, is coming sure. up uh, yeah, right crazy, after man. Band Candy. So, well, I, I blame our social media then or whatever. <laughs> blame, blame the media of the now. All right. Uh, any other predictions, Mike? None, none right now. Do you have a die handy? Damn it. I knew you were going to ask that. I, I don't I, know. Sorry, I know this part isn't actually fun, but I'm going to keep doing it because I don't know why. Uh, what's the dice roll website, John? I, I got no it. Control you want to do your desk. own? Yes. I'm at random.org. Is that the one you use? Okay. Hold on. Sorry. Oh, no. Random.org slash dice. No, Mike's going to roll his own dice. Okay. He wants I'm to be roll. in control of his fate. Like a man. Yes. Roll your dice like a man. Six. Better go Pretty home and good. get your papa's dice, son. All right, what? Six? Uh, six. Okay. If you roll a six, that means... Okay. Oh, okay. I want you to name a type of monster that we have not seen yet, but that we will see before the show is over. So we've seen Frankenstein. We've seen vampires. Uh, we've seen, uh, you know... Creature from the Black Lagoon monster. Right, we've what seen have a we mummy. Not, we've seen a mummy. What have we not seen that you can predict that we will see? I feel like we've seen almost all the main monsters, but clearly I'm missing some, some monster family. I mean, they've had quite a few episodes to go through all of the universal monsters. Um, we haven't had a hunchback of Notre Dame style monster. <laughs> so like a hunchback monster. Uh I mean, obviously, we've had tons of vampires. There's not too many distinctions to make in vampires. We've had a fish monster, finally. That was like, I think we held out a lot, lot for that. We had a mummy. Uh, we had a dino monster. And I've got a prediction about dinosaurs, so I don't want to mess that up. We already had a ventriloquist dummy. Oh, jeez. Yeah, we had a doll right? yeah. <laughs> So we had a problem child. Uh, we had a, a Jason-style monster. Uh, hmm. What would that entail? Just like a like I, a serial killer? Like <laughs> Jason uh, basically is a slow moving zombie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Focus. What about Jason. Michael Myers? Same type, right? Uh, Michael Myers is the same, but without the supernatural abilities. Have we had a so, Freddy Krueger type? We had Der Kinderstad. Uh, yeah, that was pretty close. A we haven't really had a dream killer yet. Are we allowed to help just by? We have had, totally had a dream killer. We had uh, the Lucky 13 monster. Oh, you're right. I forgot about Lucky Yeah, we had those. Uh, I guess, like... Sorry, maybe aliens? they've already... Maybe this have is a bad aliens? question. No, no aliens. aliens. Yeah, aliens. Okay. This show does not give a shit. Aliens. <laughs> so, wait, what exact prediction? Let's see. Buffy will show aliens. There will be aliens and dinosaurs on the show, okay? I'm just saying. In the same episode? No! <laughs> different episode. <laughs> There's going to be an alien monster. Excellent. Now, an alien dinosaur monster. I need to be really specific with you guys. By alien, I mean a small gray man, like a Martian. Like a I, fucking I think you're Martian. shooting yourself in the foot now. You're yeah, I feel like specific. aliens was a way more broad category. Oh, shit. Probably right. giving it to you, but now the alien's got to be small. It's got to be great. No, so we like no, a, okay. It's if like we get a, like a tall gray alien, you're like, you're fucked. All right. <laughs> Scrap it's, Martian alien. Just say There's, alien from another planet, right? 
Do we technically have a robot villain already? Yeah, Ted. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, do we have a spider monster? No, there's an insect, do. but no spider. Spider monster. Okay. Not aliens? aliens. Spider okay. monster. No, no aliens. I mean, there's definitely like a men in black side story that, you know, they opened up in season one with the invisible assassin school situation. But like, I don't think they're going to go back to that more than once and they're not going to do that story. So spider monsters. Oh, I wanted to ask you, Mike, do you have a prediction as far as the, um, whether or not there will be a Slayer Fest 99? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There will be no Slayer Fest 99. No Slayer Fest 99? That would be an amazing callback if there was. Uh, Feels yeah. like a one-time most dangerous game scenario. How No one would go back to that well. <laughs> that might have been a gimme, but I just thought it was a funny question. Do you have any predictions based on uh, highly produced videos for like a small audience within the context <laughs> of the Oh, show? there's definitely to be more of those. Those are amazing. <laughs> <laughs> But that's like a weird fetish that's hard to say, describe. Uh, highly, highly produced niche videos will be made, but like, come on. Of course they will. Wait, is that a real prediction? Am I writing that down? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's up to you. <laughs> so, okay, so let's look at your score now. So at the beginning of this episode's uh, prediction counting, you were at a 72 or 73. Uh, you are now at a 68.75. You have drifted into a D. So uh, this well, keeps going. You're going to be a failure of a Buffy virgin. I think I'm going to be a C when this thing is over. But I, I think the challenge is I cannot get lured into predictions based on what you guys are excited about because you guys are not excited about the same show. <laughs> well, can and I that try became to... more than apparent in this episode where I had to argue for what the show is about. And you guys are like, it's a fun episode. It's like, there's outstanding bullshit in this show about the angel Buffy, Xander Willow. And you guys are like, man, not as important as like, man, that was fun, right? Like there's so much agitation for a first time viewer that you guys don't have to sit through. And like, yeah. Uh, anyway, you guys are fixated on new stuff. You're like caring about Jonathan, a lesser character, even like you guys are not even in where oh yeah no totally my favorite part of this whole episode was guacamole queen like (laughs) (laughs) and Um, i did not think there would be a thing about guacamole queen and there won't be that's not even what the show is about (laughs) you don't think you're not gonna make any guacamole queen predictions there's not gonna that's not gonna make a Uh, a comeback no i I don't know mike can i ask though michael because uh we're talking about slipping into a failing grade what about buffy's status with uh getting back into school needing the teacher's signatures do you have any opinions about what may be happening with that oh gosh yeah i was surprised that she had to pursue that even for a minute but i think that's just to serve the plot of her being invisible so i don't i don't think that's gonna that's a fixation the show has i don't i think well, i was just wondering there. if you had any predictions based on that story i don't though. think she's gonna ask another oh, shit david yeah she's gonna ask she's not gonna ask about getting another teacher to sign her stupid form that was the last so she's time. she's just gonna give up on it I don't think the show cares. It doesn't care about that. I, well, it's not, not that you I'm, won't, I'm not fake baiting you. I'm like actually, uh, honestly, like trying to like get you to think about it. I don't know. Uh, so I don't. I, I think she's going to ask someone, but it's not going to happen on camera. It will have happened. It's not going to be like. Oh, it'll just be resolved the next time we hear about it, or something. Yeah, it'll just get resolved. So, just like, 
you know, her getting into school was more or less resolved, you know, with, despite the arguments, it just got, it just kind of got resolved. Like, I would say that's a prediction, right? That the, her, her needing students or a teacher's signature, that problem will just be resolved the next time we hear about it. Yeah. I'm not trying to lead you down a road. <laughs> I was just, I was just curious what you thought. Uh, Slayer Fest 99, not happening. <laughs> and uh, Wait, am I actually writing that down? <laughs> I already and did. She's already not going to okay. go down. Uh, she's not, we're just going to, she's just resolved getting a teacher to sign for uh that she like is a student or whatever that so wait a second so we're saying buffy will not uh pursue another teacher another teacher recommendation thing is resolved yeah okay that's kind of a boring one (laughs) yep it's a boring administrative uh question It's something in the show. Yeah. Well, uh, it's it all fits in the monkey's paw of there's some, there's some predictions. There's some great predictions <laughs> that um I are still outstanding that I can't believe uh like if I like not really remembering the show that well that I would have thought we would have had an answer on by now. Sure. Uh, I don't know if I can really mention them by name without like giving things away, but like I don't know, like uh no funerals is a good one. Like I I mean, I'm not really like I would have thought that Buffy would have had at least one funeral at some point. Like, oh, by season three, episode five, there yeah. would be a funeral. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shockingly, yeah. that prediction is still out there. So, we so there's so like and like I don't know, like I don't know if we're gonna have any more funerals. Maybe, maybe not. Like, uh, um, this one about like uh, Joyce will be kidnapped. Like, I honestly can't remember if Joyce is ever kidnapped or not in this show. But it just seems like it's a natural thing that like you would have thought that would have happened. Oh, I should make a prediction about Scott. Um, Scott is uh, not going to go to college with Buffy. It's a random one, but I, I think this is kind of <laughs> Scott's moment has passed. Like, we're not going to hear about Scott. I don't see him on the DVD covers. I think Scott, like, is the luckiest guy to ever date Buffy. He did it for however three or four episodes <laughs> and he didn't die. Like, yay, Scott, great job. You managed to get in there while Angel was in hell. Uh, that was a brief opportunity to date Buffy. Uh, that was it. No one will he get did more. Lose two of his best friends during that brief relationship. <laughs> that yeah, was only really Buffy's fault, though. Like they, 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 they would have self-destructed without Buffy. They're lucky yeah. that Scott's lucky he wasn't murdered. Also, so uh, Scott, luckiest man to ever date Buffy. This is the longest anyone will ever date Buffy, except for <laughs> uh, Spike. Spike's going to date her longer, or whatever date wait i don't know what that's uh wait a second am i writing that down uh scott is going to be the longest human boyfriend that buffy has in the buffy vampire slayer television show okay how are you measuring time though it's kind of tricky episode lengths episodes number of episodes okay and that's it's like three episodes right what's it's like basically two to this one right two three four five right sort of because it's after Anne. two three four five yeah. so four four episodes right can we say they should lasted four episodes yeah longest human boyfriend <laughs> that's a good one and i'm not going to say i'm not going to spend i'm going to say i'm not going to say vampire as the alternative because 
I don't want to lose if Spike gets transformed into something or if Angel becomes something different. And then like, oh, technically, not a vampire. He's possessed. I uh, mean, oh, man. I feel Maybe. like we've like, just like bullied Mike with semantics to the point where he's just like <laughs> on the verge of like killing us about it. You know? I, 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 I kind of don't care. This is kind of one of the funnest parts of this for me. Like, I really enjoy this. Uh, so, so Mike, are you saying that Spike will not be transformed into an alien dinosaur creature? Is that your per- prediction? I'm not gonna step into that. <laughs> Sorry, I was just taking it too far. I think that Buffy will have a relationship with um, Korchunk of the Mequot clan later. I think that's gonna happen. I think he's gonna be the next boyfriend. The Mequot clan is coming back, son. <laughs> Uh, you want to move on to kill count and recommendations? Yeah, please. Yes, let's. Uh, we have two humans, one vampire and one dead dinosaur demon. Um, so that's the kill count. Um, and then recommendations, we have to do Most Dangerous Game. Uh, yeah. That's what this episode is. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Which, which, which version of that? Not uh, Surviving the Game with Ice-T? I said the most dangerous game. Yes, but there's also the movie Surviving the Game, which is based on the most dangerous game, but it's got Ice-T in it, and it's a really awesome like early 90s uh, action movie. I know that that was a movie we were all obsessed with in high school for some reason. But it's good. I was just going to recommend the like, 1934 uh, Fay Ray movie. But we can, yeah, we can do both. Why not? <laughs> um, uh, all I really remember yeah. about the Surviving the Game is that they made him like run on a treadmill to measure his... Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, uh, and I also recommend Battle Royale, which is another like people being hunted movie uh, from Japan. Really fun. I'm sure everybody watching this podcast has heard of it. Uh, but the specific reason I recommend it is because of the random weapons deal. Um, so yeah, Battle Royale, really good. So those are my recs. Can I make a recommendation? Is that allowed? Please. Is it Huff? Uh, no, it's not Huff. Uh, there's this movie called Series 7, The Contenders. It oh, came yeah. Out in 2001. Uh, the logline says a TV program selects people at random to kill one another for fame and their freedom. And uh, it was 2001, so it was like before rea- or while reality TV was just starting to happen. It was like kind of this prediction of seeing where maybe it would go that like people would be killing each other, uh, you know, like to win the show. And I feel like that's maybe what Slayer Fest would ultimately end up being if uh, Trick could like, you know, like sell it to a TV producer, like it would be, you know, just like, yeah, that most dangerous game hunting down people sort of thing. Slayer Fest was definitely missing more cameras. It could have like been streamed to a vampire audience and it would have been bigger, I think. Yeah. We watched that movie together, Mike. Which one? Series seven? Yeah. I think it's actually good from what I remember. <laughs> it, it, I, I, it was sort of, it sort of has a found footage kind of a Blair Witch feel to it. Uh, and I remember watching it in your living room. Huh. Sounds, I mean, the, the setup is like, you know, it's the same thing as the Running Man, right? And like, yeah. I don't feel like Running Man super connects to this episode. But. No, but everyone should just watch it anyway. <clears throat> yeah. It's got, got those great like head exploding off collars that they make everybody wear. Those are wonderful. I mean, they have the yeah. corsage okay. tracking beacons, so I mean, they're kind of yeah, it's not pretty quite much head the same exploding. thing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to this episode of Buffy Virgin. Make sure to follow us on Instagram, Buffy Virgin. 
uh, Twitter, Buffy Virgin Pod, on Facebook, on YouTube. There's so many ways to consume this show. We try to make it as easy as possible. Please uh, check out the show. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear your thoughts if you think we messed something up or if you have something we didn't cover. Um, anyway, thanks so much for joining us. Catch you next week. Uh, we'll be uh, getting into band candy. <laughs>